And welcome back to another episode of How to Live the Podcast, where we have real, meaningful, and fun conversations with people who inspire us. And sometimes, like today, we just have them with each other. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon. Very excited to be chatting to you again. It always feels nice to connect with people right now, right? Mm, it really does, because we're just in our houses on our own. Yeah, I'm actually currently doing this recording from bed. Where are you? Oh, I'm on the couch. And I was just thinking it's actually quite funny when you speak to people who have like family that they're living with and there are like five people on top of each other. Whereas like my problem is the total opposite where it's just like me and Renan all the time and like there's nobody else to talk to. But I feel like we're all experiencing our own unique problems in this situation. I know like I'm kind of envious when I chat to people who are living with their family and they have like a really like hectic, chaotic dynamic going on where there's drama and whatever. I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of nice. You know, like I I could do that for a little while. I know. And they have like family game nights. Yeah, exactly. It does sound fun. Although I am enjoying being by myself and like being slower and definitely like having time for myself. So that's nice and something that you don't really get in normal time. Very, very true. I'm loving the slow life. Me too. So talking about things that don't happen in normal life, we were chatting about what on earth we could talk to you guys about today because there are obviously so many things in our minds and so many things going on. But one thing that kept coming up when we were chatting was this idea of expectations and how they've had to be shifted because of what's going on right now. Totally. Like when we were planning for 2020 and what we all thought it was going to look like in work, in life, goals we had for ourselves, everything, obviously nobody thought that they would be spending the year inside their houses. Yeah, which is like a completely weird situation, right? Because everything that we're told and encouraged to do for the last few years is all about goal setting and having your northern star and planning things out and being really purposeful with your actions and all of those good things that now because of circumstances, we've all had to take a step back and be like, okay, well, I had all of these plans for myself, but actually now I have to kind of loosen them and shift them and change them. And and I don't know about you, but for me, that's like brought up a lot of stuff. You know, like I was talking to my therapist yesterday and just offloading all this stuff on her. And she was like, you know, it sounds like you need to be a lot more soft with yourself and a lot more compassionate with yourself. And I definitely think that's something that keeps coming up for me is that so often I put expectations on myself and I'm used to always driving, driving, driving. And now I'm just forced to be like, hey, well, it's okay that you're not achieving anything that you set out to achieve right now, you know? For sure. I can definitely relate to you. I am definitely the kind of person that likes to plan, that likes to achieve, particularly when it comes to business. You know, we had all of these 
epic plans for this year. And, and I think that like, as a society, we've become all about growth. So, you know, if you're not growing and if you're not building on what you had already built, then you're not moving forward and then you're not being productive. And I think there's just like been this total race shift about thinking about what is productive and what is achieving and what all of our purposes are really. Totally. And like even on a personal level, things that I set out to do, like I have on my mirror in my room, every year I write down things that I kind of want to move towards, I like to call them intentions for the year. And I look at them every morning when I look in the mirror and I'm like, well, half of these no longer apply. That's really funny. It's just pretty crazy that I like to think about the beginning of the year fresh 2020 Jess and all of these hopes and dreams I had for myself as I was writing this list of 2020 intentions and how I could never have predicted what's happening and like what a funny scenario that is. Okay so talk to me let's have a little bit of a chat about what some of the things that we thought we would be doing this year are. What's something that you really feel like you've had to rethink and reshape? A big one for me at the beginning of the year, I had this big Instagram detox, right? Where for about three weeks, I deleted my app. That came after a very long time of feeling like Instagram was really impacting my mental health in a negative way. And I just felt like I was spending a lot of time on there where I could be doing other things that were contributing to my life in a more positive way. So I've got on there, you know, only spend 10 minutes on Instagram a day and limit your screen time and things like that. And those were all really great and really right for the headspace that I was in at that time. But now when I'm stuck at home and I'm really lacking connection with the outside world, Instagram is a place that I'm funnily enough going to for all of this positivity and like, you know, the funny content that's being put out right now. And even my phone more broadly, you know, I'm really into words with friends. So I've been playing like a lot of Scrabble, but it's meant that my goal for myself in decreasing my screen time, which was around an hour and a half at the beginning of the year, which I was so proud of, is now back up in like the four and a halves because I'm just (laughs) going away on like Instagram and words with friends. But it's this weird push and pull. But this is what's making myself happy right now. But then in the back of my head, I'm like, but that's not the goal that you set for yourself. And it's really weird to have to shift that mentality. Yeah, totally. And I think it's also about trying to find a new balance. For me, I I stopped watching TV mostly after my kind of whole self-development journey that I went on last year. And I would watch a movie here and there or maybe an episode of something here and there, but I really wasn't binging TV the way I used to. And then when we went into isolation, for us, it was off the back of the fashion festival and I was just so, so exhausted that when they were like going to isolation, I was just like, Yep, I'm there, crashed on the couch, turned on the TV. And for like four days straight, I did not turn it off. And once you're in that habit, it's so easy to get back into it. So I kind of found myself watching TV all the time. And at first it was what I needed. And I feel like if it's what you need, that's kind of okay. You know, like listen to your body. 
I really, really just needed deep rest. Picking up a book was too much effort for me. Reading was giving me a headache. I just needed to do nothing. But then the kind of problem that I had with it was that as the weeks went on and I stayed in that new routine of just binging TV all the time, it meant that I wasn't doing so many things for myself. It meant that I wasn't taking care of myself, that I wasn't listening to myself. And then I started to just feel like, really lethargic Mm. and it was counterproductive because at first it was making me feel restful and then it just started making me need more rest and now I'm kind of in this place where like I am trying to rethink my expectation around that because like I'm at home all the time I can't go see a movie so like I can sit here and watch some tv and watch a movie but I am trying now to watch more movies because when you watch a movie, it's two hours. I kind of think of it as a cultural experience and then you're not like binging it. And then like TV shows, it's okay to watch TV shows, just not all the TV shows all the time and balancing that out with a little bit of reading, a little bit of meditation, a little bit of self-care as well. Yeah, and I think what you said there around listening to yourself, I think that that's one thing that I keep coming back to, you know, that idea of tuning in and trying to figure out what you need in this moment. And sometimes for me, it is to go on Instagram and just feel fully immersed in all of the hilarious and amazing content that is being produced right now. And now that I've been trying to tune into that, I definitely feel less guilt around opening up my app because I'm like, girl, you're just listening to yourself, you know, and it's such Mm. a subtle shift. But to go from, oh, I'm so guilty, I'm clicking on my app to you're just listening to yourself, you're clicking on your app, that really does make me feel better about it. It's so true. So, you know, I've been reading A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, thanks to the amazing recommendation by Lane Beachley, who we had on the podcast. So I've been tuning in to the podcast with Oprah and Eckhart Tolle, where they talk about A New Earth. And somebody called in and she was like, Eckhart, what do I do? I'm always binge eating stuff and I can't stop. You know, like once I have fries, I just like binge eat all the fries. And like once I have some red wine, I like binge drink all the red wine. And rather than just saying to her, like, don't do that, which you expect a spiritual guru to do. Yeah. No fries and no wine. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, exactly. He was like, oh yeah, no, I have wine too. Like that's totally fine. But listen to your body as you eat the fries. And you might find that instead of eating all the fries, maybe your body's going to be satisfied with one. Maybe your body's going to be satisfied with five. And I was kind of like, that is so true. I've never even thought about it. All we do is just be guilty about the fries we're eating and the wine we're drinking and the TV we're binging and the Instagram we don't get off. But it's actually okay because if your body feels like it, then that's totally fine. If your body doesn't feel like it, which I've started to notice, sometimes I'll be binging TV now. I'll tune into my body and my body will be like, mm, maybe we could get off the couch and go for a bit of a walk. And I'll be like, "Mm, body, but I kind of just feel like watching TV still, you know, (laughs) like you have this internal battle about it, but your body does know. And like, it sounds like a weird bit of a woo woo thing, like tune into your body, but we all have become accustomed to just doing what brain wants and doing like the easiest thing. But if you just stop and you're like, is this making me feel good right now? Your body's going to give you the answer. And also around that guilt the idea that we do something that we don't want to do or that we weren't happy that we did and then we feel guilty. That's not helpful. Like, why is that 
our body's default. That's such a ridiculous thing that exists within all of us because the feeling of guilt is actually completely unhelpful. It doesn't achieve Mm. anything. It doesn't exist for any form of productivity. There's nothing good that can come from that guilty feeling. So if we notice ourselves feeling that way, I think that there's a shift that can take place. There's a questioning there that can say like, why do I feel guilty? And would my experience be made better if I just let myself go a little bit and gave myself some slack? Often when I'm talking about these things, especially with my therapist at the moment, because she's like one of the only people I talk to really, because I'm in isolation. Should we just bring on in the therapist to this conversation? (laughs) Yeah, maybe we should. But um, something that keeps coming up is this idea of us being so hard on ourselves and then trying to channel how we might react if it's our friend that's telling us this same scenario. You know, like imagine if your friend was saying to you, like, I ate fries and drank red wine and now I feel shit about myself. You'd be like, mate, like who cares? Live life. We're living in a really weird time right now. Like you do you. Those are the things that you would be saying. But then automatically when it comes back to you, it's like that negative self-talk comes back in. So rather than cheering ourselves on like we would a friend where automatically coming from this place of telling off because that's the way that we talk to ourselves as opposed to the way that we talk to others. So what I'm feeling like we're getting at here is lay off the guilt on yourself. Do what you feel like doing, but truly do what you feel like doing and tune into your body. And it will tell you when you've had enough, you don't need to listen to the guilt for that. 100% preach. Another thing that is really funny that I've totally had to let go in isolation, which my boyfriend's not loving, is... I have never seen my legs or my armpits this hairy in my entire life. Oh my God, that's amazing. I am like a full Moroccan right now. The Moroccan genes in me are coming out and I feel like I could go brave the wilderness with no pants on and I'd be totally fine. That is so funny. I had a scenario (laughs) where for a while in isolation, I kept being like, I should really shave my legs. And I reckon there are about like 10 days there where like every day I was like, I should really shave my legs. And then I ended up doing it after the 10 days. And I was like a hairy beast by the time I got around to it. So I'm not looking that bad right now, but I can completely relate to like the Moroccanness. It's like one month in and my leg hair is longer than I ever knew possible. How funny is it? Renan's really unimpressed about it. Oh my God. I'm like feminism, but like really I'm self-conscious about it. I just can't be bothered doing anything. And I feel like I don't care what he thinks of me at this point. So I'm going with it. Yeah. And like (laughs) you do you. Who cares as well? Like especially because in Australia here we're going into winter. So it's kind of fantastic because my body's just permanently covered anyway. And like talk about wearing a bra. I had never ever do that in isolation, which has just been so wonderful. Even when I practice yoga. So like, you know, usually I would be in like a sports bra, which the idea of putting on a sports bra right now, it feels like somebody's strangling my chest. So now I put on like a very loose crop top to practice yoga with. But other than that, my puppies are just out to play. Oh, same. I have like one old tattered bra that I use occasionally. And that is like, as much as isolation can bear. Yeah, and underwear too. Like I'm pretty underwearless. At the moment I have my period, so I have to wear underwear, but normally I'm just like free balling. 
or whatever else I've got down there. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. You know I love underwear, so I, I'm all about my underwear. No, I love not wearing underwear. That is like my favorite thing to do. There's another thing that I've really had to let go of. So I don't know if you remember, we were chatting about with Taria Pitt that I was going to walk the half marathon in October. And I feel like you must have goals like that on your little intentions list as well, where it's okay, I like put this big goal out there. I'm going to walk this half marathon. My body's in terrible shape. I'm going to get it in that shape and I'm going to do this marathon. And like, I feel guilty as well about not doing it. But at the same time, I'm like realistic because how am I even training for this half marathon, let alone will this marathon even take place in October? Yeah, totally. That's a massive one. Like so many physical goals that you can't even possibly begin to start to move towards. I have had like weird situations where like to catch everyone up to speed, mine and Stephanie's bodies, they're not great. We're hypermobile, which basically means our joints are loose and we have sore joints. We're like Gumby. Yeah, a bit like Gumby. And one of the things that was on my list was, you know, really get my body on track. And I feel like I started the year right. You know, I was going to Kaiser, doing a lot of strengthening stuff. I was about to start clinical Pilates. And then obviously like I'm just at home and I have been doing like a lot of yoga, which has been really great, but I've now injured my shoulder. Now my body is not improving. It's actually deteriorating because I'm not able to continue to do all of those things that I was doing, which is frustrating, but That's one area where I'm like, oh, my poor body, like you got to just give it some slack, you know, like this is just such a weird circumstance that we're living through right now. I can't help the fact that I can't go to Kiza. Like, I'm sorry, shoulder, but you're just going to have to deal. And do you know what makes me feel better about this stuff? I feel like the fact that everyone in the world is in the same boat kind of takes the pressure off. In an ideal world, we all wouldn't feel external pressure from what other people are doing. But this is not an ideal world and sometimes we do feel that pressure. And I feel like knowing that everybody in the world is letting go of their body goals and can't train properly and, you know, is having to let go of a lot of things is quite comforting to know that we're all in the same boat, you guys. Like we're all in this together. It's okay. We're all letting each other off the hook for 2020. Well, maybe also it's a time to reframe those goals. So like an only if you felt like it, obviously, like if you want to be on the couch, just like go ahead and lean in. But rather than you saying like, I'm going to walk the half marathon, like maybe you need to readjust those goals for your circumstances. Like I'm going to walk around the block. <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to go on a 15 minute walk every day, you know, because that is kind of the equivalent. Ultimately, you just wanted to get your body moving. So maybe it's like that we need to reassess those things and say like, okay, what's a really small doable version of that that would make me happy, that would make me feel like the same kind of drive as that other goal that I had, but something that's a bit more realistic and a bit more tame. That is a genius idea. I am totally going to be doing that because I feel like now that I don't have that goal anymore, I'm just like, oh, well, I don't need to do anything. And like, I'll go on a walk every kind of few days. But if I just set something really small, like go on a 10 minute walk, even every day, then at least I would be moving towards that same goal of moving my body. Oh, thanks, Jess. That was amazing. No probs. I like how you pulled it down five minutes. I see you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, 15 minutes is a lot, you know. I got a lot of things here. <laughs> we'll start with 10. We'll build up from there. Another funny shift I have is with friendships. So you know how usually you chat to your friends and it's about what are they up to? How are things going with work? What are they doing at the moment? Where are they traveling to? You know, the regular stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm finding that with all of this isolation stuff, there's not that much to talk about with your friends when they haven't been doing anything and you haven't been doing anything. So it's been really amazing to connect with my friends to like do things like Zoom calls or house party calls and play games with them and things like that. But then it's also been this nice opportunity to kind of reach out and be part of new communities and form new friendships based on my interests rather than people that you've been friends with forever. And, you know, I love those friendships as well. But because they're not doing anything and I'm not doing anything and we're not missing out on each other's lives, it gives me a chance to kind of explore some new things. So an example of that is with Laura Paul, the meditation teacher that we had on the podcast, you know, she runs meditation groups every week. So I've been tuning into those and she gives wisdom sessions and people talk about their problems. And and it's not like I'm like making new best friends, but I just feel like I'm part of these communities now in a way that I wasn't before. And I would be like, oh, I don't have time for that normally. I'm finding that I do have time for it and it's what I'm prioritizing and it's really giving me this sense of community that I haven't had in a really long time because I'm not in school anymore. I don't go to uni. I don't have like this community around me of like-minded people. That really, really resonates with me. Like I've also been much more willing to tune into those types of things when I see like a person I like on Instagram who's like running this live or something like that. Whereas before I would be like, oh no, that's not for me or I'm not a part of that. Yeah. Or like, oh, that's so much effort to like go out to that event on a Monday night. I can't really be bothered. I would have liked to, but, mm, and I don't really know those people. I'm not going to know anyone there. So why would I go to that? And isn't it also highlighting like, the value in community and like the importance of a community. So like you said, we automatically think of community as our school friends that we went to school with or people we went to uni with or even like people we work with. But there are also other communities that we're a part of that I never really thought about before. So like an example of that is the yoga studio that I go to. It's just this place that I go to to practice yoga, right? Or that's kind of how I thought about it before. But now that I'm in isolation, it's this group of like-minded people who I usually see on like multiple times throughout my week. And I've known for a while now because I've kept going to the studio. So by keeping in touch with that community through online things, like what you're talking about, I feel tapped into that, which is just a really interesting way of starting to look at community that I didn't really think about before. I never really thought that you could create your own communities. I just thought that they kind of happened. If that makes sense. It does make sense. And I think the difference is right now is we're all kind of too busy for each other normally. And particularly in Melbourne is known as a place where people are kind of 
friends with the same people that they've always been friends with. Yeah, there's like that thing that everyone says when you meet people, they always say, where did you go to school? Which is so true. Yeah. Like even when you're 40, people are like, where did you go to school? Exactly. Like it happens to everybody. And like we're just notoriously hard to get in with. You know, when new people come to Melbourne, they always say, oh, it's really hard to find friends. Whereas right now we're all in the same boat of like, don't have anything else to do anyway. And it's almost this beautiful thing that has come out of this situation. And I'm super hopeful that this is going to like really change the way we do things when we come out of this for the better. Yeah, me too. Something else that we've kind of had to let go of is all of the travel plans that we had this year, like through work and also like personal travel. And something that it's really highlighted to me is, whoa, we need to chill the hell out and sit still a little bit more. Like, I don't know about you. Oh my God, I know. But it's only been about like two months of no traveling and already like so many trips have had to be canceled. And I'm like, how do I ever have time to just sit still and like be where I am if I'm always on the move? You know, I've already been supposed to be going to China. We had a trip planned to Adelaide and then we were going away in the middle of the year to Italy and like all of these things, such beautiful things that I was so looking forward to. And obviously like it's been a bummer and I've had to change my expectations expectations of what the year is going to look like, as is everybody else. But I think more than anything, it's highlighted to me there's power in sitting still and being in one place for a long time that I feel like I don't usually harness. Totally. I completely agree with you. And not just travel for work, work in general, you know, we've really had to rethink what work looks like for ourselves. I've realized how much stuff we do that just kind of busies us. It's really highlighting the things that really matter. And I don't know if you've heard of the 80-20 principle where they say that, I think it's like a scientific thing, 20% of your input results in 80% of your output. So like 20% of the things that you're doing in work, in life, whatever, are really accounting for 80% of the good stuff. And then 80% of what you're doing is only accounting for 20% of that good stuff. So like, I feel like in this, like we're all starting to just prioritize the things that really matter to us and realizing the 80% was just busyness. Like we were just busying ourselves. Busy for the sake of busy. And that 20% is where the magic is and it opens up this 80% of your life where you really have time to enjoy and do what you love. Yeah. And for me, that's really meant that I'm able to kind of tune in and figure out what I want to do in a moment. So like for the first couple of weeks of working from home, like I don't think that I loosened my expectations on myself. So I was still like sitting at my desk, which is really my dining table from nine till five, six, seven, whatever it was, and accounting those hours as if I was working. But in reality, how much at the office do you do that you don't do at home, which is a shitload all Mm. day, you chat to people, you go and get coffee, whatever you do. You drive to work, you drive home from work. Exactly. So by re-looking at my day, which I started to do probably two weeks in, where I started to be like, this doesn't feel right. Around 3pm, I'm getting really restless and I'm, it's not making me that happy. Rather now in my day, I start at the same time. I usually 
start around nine and I'll start working and I've got my to-do list and I'm, you know, just like firing through and I'm being creative and whatever. But then eventually my mind starts to wonder and I'm like, you know, I don't really feel like doing this right now. And then I just lean into whatever it is that I actually do feel like doing. And so that's actually something that I read from Brene Brown, your favorite, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about the idea of procrastinating and how, you know, you spend so long like at your desk, just wishing you were watching TV or whatever. Let's say that's what it was. (laughs) And so you're just like procrastinating at your desk, procrastinating at your desk, wishing you were watching TV and you're spending like hours being not that productive because all you're thinking about is how you want to watch like the latest whatever episode and she was like rather than that just put the laptop away go and watch the episode and then come back to your desk with a clear head and it means that you didn't waste all of this time doing half-assed work that you weren't enjoying that wasn't enjoying you but rather you're able to be more in the moment and ultimately it is more productive so now like I've been painting in the afternoon sometimes or I'll go and do like an 11 a.m yoga or whatever it is that I feel like doing maybe I feel like baking or maybe I feel like doing a meditation or maybe I feel like just doing nothing and playing words with friends on my phone cool too but as long as I'm listening to myself I'm finding that my productivity levels are increasing and I'm less hazy because I think that that was what I was finding that when I was sitting at my desk just flogging away in those procrastinating hours my mind was becoming hazy and I wasn't enjoying myself as much for sure that was so beautiful everything you just said I feel like you just summed this all up really nicely that We've got to let go of all the expectations that we had and just be a little easy on ourselves and tune in and really feel into what we feel like doing. I feel like this was such an excellent chat and like a lot of things that I had on my mind that I feel like you and I haven't even discussed that much at the moment, but it's cool. I know. I'm feeling like you're very wise at the moment. I'm loving all your advice. Oh, thanks. Right back at (laughs) you. I know. Well, there's just like so much time to read all the things, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. So should we jump into some quick fires? Because yeah. I feel like we haven't done quick fires, me and you, in a really long time. Okay, cool. Well, we didn't pre-think of quick fires. We didn't, but we're going to come up with them on the spot. Let's go quick fires ISO edition. What's on your bedside table? Right now, my bedside table is very messy. I've got an old tea, a new tea, a glass of water, and then a bunch of oils, crystals, candles. What about you? I got my journal because I journal every morning. I've got the cards Bianca gave me, which are the angels, gods, and goddesses cards. They're oracle cards, kind of like tarot, but easier. I'm obsessed with them. Right. Got a bunch of crystals. I just bought a really pretty new amethyst one from Unearthed Crystals. Oh, nice. After you told me you were crystal shopping the other day, I went crystal shopping. (laughs) Amazing. I'm still crystal shopping. It's my favorite thing to buy because they're so cheap. Yes. Unless you get the really (laughs) big ones, but I'd rather just buy a bunch of small ones. Yeah. I do want like a big rose quartz one. I feel like that would look really pretty, but they're so expensive that whenever I go looking for them, I always just end up buying more cheap ones. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And then I also have my Kindle on my bedside table. So like uh, my library of books. Okay. Amazing. Out of isolation and your stomach is better, where's the first restaurant that you're going to go eat at? Mm, The first thing I thought of was Mr. Miyagi 
which is so funny because like it's at the end of my street. So it's like the least adventurous thing ever. But they have these salt and vinegar Godzilla beans. They're like these long beans that they deep fry and then put all this salt and vinegar all over them. And I haven't been able to eat fried food in a year now because of my stomach. So I'm just constantly craving Miyagi's fried food. Yum. They're so good. Mm. They're delicious. What about you? I feel like maybe it might be like not a specific restaurant, but more like I'll take a day trip and go to like the Mornington Peninsula or the Yarra Valley where there are wineries in Melbourne. It's about an hour drive away and just like spend the day at like a couple of wineries and then like getting yummy pizza or something like that. But just a full day trip activity of wine and food would be really nice. (laughs) Oh, That sounds like heaven. Okay, what is the first thing you do when you stop working in the afternoon? Oh, that's such a good question. I feel like it's very varied at the moment, but usually it's just like something that I really feel like doing. So it might be meditation, it might be yoga, or it at the moment sometimes is painting because I'm working on a few different paintings that I'm going to put up in my room and I'm really excited about it and I'm just enjoying it so much. So usually I head there or also I um, check into words with friends and I catch up on all my games because I'm playing like seven games at once. It's so fun. (laughs) What about you? I feel like the first thing I do when I finish work is usually take Panther for a walk because as you know, he is not loving ISO life like all the other dogs because usually he gets to go to an office. He gets to go out. He gets pats from like 18 different hands. Yeah, exactly. He's like, where's my 18 hand massage? So (laughs) he is spending the day looking at me with his puppy dog eyes saying, take me outside. Yesterday I actually took him to the office and he was so happy, (laughs) like just frolicking around, rolling around, playing with his toys like shame the poor thing last one what's something you did for yourself on the weekend I gave myself a facial (gasps) that's what I was gonna say no way I feel like I've been pretty pleasantly surprised about how my skin's been holding up I get regular facials so I was a little bit nervous that my skin would be bad, but I don't know, maybe from like not going out and doing anything and like getting the little bits of dirt on your face that you get from being out in a day, it's doing pretty okay. So just trying to keep taking care of my skin. Oh, my skin's so bad at the moment, but it's definitely because of all of the crap I've been eating. But that's okay. Like all of expectations, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, great place to end. So if you did like this episode, we would absolutely love you to help us get the word out. Please rate us five stars, share the episode with your friends or share a photo of you listening to this episode on Instagram with tag at how to live so we can share it too. We're also continuing all the conversations over on our Facebook group, How to Live the Podcast. Come check it out. Next week on the podcast, we have the incredible Alok Vade Menon. Alok is a gender non-conforming artist and a performance artist, and they actually caught our eye on Instagram a few years ago with their incredible outgoing style, but also with their openness and vulnerability in sharing their own story. That is going to be an incredible episode that we are actually only recording today with Alok from the US. So stay tuned for that one next week. And we hope you have a fabulous week. Let go of those expectations. 
be a little bit guilt-free. Go easy on yourself. Have a few fries. Tune in. And we will see you right here next week. Bye. See you.